Psalm 113 contains a call and a cause for praise. The call and cause for praise, Psalm 113. Now, Psalm 113 is the first of a collection of psalms going from 113 through 118, known as the Hallel Psalms or the Praise Songs. These songs were sung during the Feast of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacle. Now, this is a relatively short psalm, just a quick nine verses. We're going to divide it up into two portions, verses 1 to 3, the call for praise, and verses 4 through 9, the cause for praise. So let's begin with verses 1 through 3. Praise the Lord. Praise, O the servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed is the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forever, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Now, this psalm, interestingly, starts out the same way as Psalm 111 and 112. It opens with a command to praise the Lord. This exhortation, everybody, particularly God's people, are to be praising him, giving uh, glory, giving honor to him for who he is and what he has done. Whether it's the small little things in life or whether it's the great big moments of life, everything is praiseworthy. Everything can ultimately be pointed back to God. So whether it's that uh, bird singing in the morning or whether it's that mighty miraculous act that God performed on someone's behalf, both are sources of praise. Now notice who are to be praising the Lord. Servants of the Lord. Who are the servants of the Lord? The servants are those who have been redeemed by Yahweh. Those who, in being redeemed, are now his servants. And indeed, that is you and I. We are servants of God. We have been redeemed with him. We have been bought out of the marketplace of sin. We've been, uh, we were formerly enslaved to a kingdom of darkness. We are now enslaved to a kingdom of light. And so, as his servants, our job, priority number one, is to praise him, to worship him, to lift him up above all others and all else. Now, notice the repetition. Praise the name of the Lord. Again, he continues to hammer home this idea that we are to praise. We're to praise who? We're to praise Yahweh. Who's to praise Yahweh? His servants. And what do we praise Yahweh for? We praise him for his name. And we've, we've learned this before, but uh, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament primarily, uh, but it carries over in the New, the idea of a name denotes someone's character. It denotes something about who they are. It denotes something about what they do. And so because of who God is and what God does, he is to be praised. Repeatedly, without end. Praise, now let's notice the next part. What's the timing of praise? What's the, when, when should we praise God? Is there a right season? Is there a right time of day? Well, he says, from this time forth and forever. In other words, there's going to be no end to praise. From the moment that God saved you, you, child of God, are to be praising him. You are to be glorifying him. You are to be having a spirit of gratitude in your prayer to God. Because guess what? You're going to do it for the rest of eternity. You are going to spend an eternity praising God. But don't sit there and have the attitude, well, when I get to eternity, then I'll worry about it. Do you understand, Christian, your eternal life began the moment of your salvation? That eternal life is not just a length of time, but it's a quality of life? You've got much to be thankful for. You draw breath. Be thankful to the Lord. You, you, you know, you, you were able to 
call out to God for help, praise the Lord. You could intercede for somebody else, praise the Lord. Now notice as well, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord, the character of the Lord, the person of the Lord, the work of the Lord is to be praised. From the time you get up to the time your head hits the pillow, you ought to be, you ought to be in a position of praising God. And not just being in the position, but actually doing the praising. Praise is always in season. Again, you know, when you go to the book of Revelation, take a look, go through the book, and mark down every time the scene changes to heaven. What are the angels doing? Praising God. What are God's people doing? What is the church doing? Praising God. And they're praising Him continuously. My question for you is this. Is praising God a delight to you? Is praising God a joy to you? If it's not, why not? Why aren't? Why don't you want to praise God? Is it because you really don't have a relationship with God? Because if you have a relationship with God, you should find at least one thing every day to pray for. You know, there's a challenge, you know, as you read through 1 Timothy, particularly chapter 1 or chapter 2, he begins by, Paul begins there uh, outlining uh, four things about prayer. And, and basically, command us, listen, prayer is a major part of public worship. Okay, uh, if you're not engaging in prayer, uh, public prayer, uh, you're missing out. You're missing out on a key part of, of worship. And while he tells us there, you know, we're to pray for all men, we're to pray for governing authorities, but then he names four different types of prayer. And one of the types of prayer that we're to be engaging in is thanksgiving. You know, and, and as I think through that, I'm like, okay, well, there's there's three other. There's prayer, there's intercession, there's supplication, but then there's thanksgiving. You know. For every three requests you make to God, whether for yourself or someone else, you ought to have at least one praise. We've been called upon as God's people to praise him. Now, let's look at verses 4 through 9, and let's consider the cause for praise. Verse 4 begins, The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He makes the barren women abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Now, he gives us three reasons, three causes for praise. So pay attention, because if you don't think you have anything to praise God for, he's going to give you three things. Number one, we can praise God because he is exalted. He is high above all the nations. Isaiah says, all flesh is as grass, and the nations are a drop in the bucket. Think about the greatest nation this world has ever known. God is greater than that nation. Think about the greatest leader, the greatest president or king or whoever that, that has ever led a nation, present or past. God is greater. He is higher than the heavens. His glory, it says, is above the heavens. You look out at the heavens. You know, you look out at the night sky. You see, all the, you see the moon. You see the stars, the planets, and so on and so forth. God is greater than all of that. He is more immense than that. In fact, the law of causation, that scientific law, demonstrates the greatness of God, uh, how high and mighty he is. Because when you look out at creation and you see all that, that, that exists, everything that has a cause or everything that exists has a first cause. That means and that first cause has to be greater than what exists. So when you look at everything that exists, you realize there's a greater cause behind it. There's a greater person, a greater individual behind all these things. 
When you consider the fact of, of, the, of the great powers that are, that, that are available to us, that God's greater than that. When you think about, you know, the, the immensity of the universe, and the universe is always expanding. God's greater than that. His glory is above the heavens. The heavens of heavens cannot contain you. So God's greatness alone is something to praise God for. So challenge yourself. You know, sit down and say, you know, for the next 30 days, I'm going to have one thing about God's greatness that I'm going to praise him for. You know, again, challenge yourself to that. I'm not telling you you have to do that, but I'm, 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 I am challenging you to challenge yourself to put yourself in a position where you're going to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to find new things to praise God for. Because that's what we're going to be doing. Praise God because he's, he's exalted. He's greater than anything. Okay? You know, second, we're to worship God. Not only because he is transcendent, not only because he is great, because he's also unique. The psalmist says, who is like the Lord our God? Listen, the Lord our God is one God. He, that's it. There are no other gods to worship. He is the one and only. He is the unique one. There's none like him. Now, think about what that means. That means that God is the judge of all things. He's the judge of all people. And yet, because he is unique, no one judges him. That's just one example of what makes him unique. God is holy. There is none holy besides God. Therefore, he is unique. Praise God for his holiness. I've given you two things you can praise God for. But you have to get to know who God is so that you can know why he's unique. If you don't know God, how are you going to know he's unique? And maybe you know God, but you only know him superficially. You've got to dig in and find out who this God is and what makes him special, what makes him unique. And then when you find out that one thing that makes him unique, or who's two or three, and believe me, there are many things that make him unique, you praise God for that. Notice some other things that make him unique. He humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. Here is this great, uh, immense, transcendent God. And what makes him unique is that this great God condescends to our low estate. He comes down and is concerned, not just about the things in heaven, but he is concerned about the things on earth. He is concerned about the things in your life. Everything in your life he is concerned about. You know, he's not so majestic that he's aloof of your problems. If he can order the, the, the stars and the planets and their courses, he can put bread on your table. There's nothing in your life that God cannot and will not, if you ask, take care of. And when he does, what do you do? Do you just shrug it off and move on to the next thing? Or do you take a moment to praise God? Even the clothes on your back, the bread on your table, the money in your bank account, whatever it may be. Guess what? It's all there ultimately because of God. And here's a third cause for praise. God humbles himself to care for the humble. God humbles himself to care for the humble. He invests in the little things. He invests in little people. He raises the poor out of the dust the needy out of the ash heap. Now, the ash heap or the dust refers to the place where, where you dumped your garbage. 
you know, and even in ancient Israel, poor people oftentimes found themselves living in the garbage heap. God is a God of the poor and needy. He's a God of the widow and the fatherless, the orphans. He's a God of the stranger. He's a God of, of people who have nothing. And those people have a special place in God's heart. And we ought to praise God that he has a special place in his heart. Because if he can have a special place for the downtrodden of society, does he not also have a place for us? If God can rescue them, can he rescue you? If he can take care of them, won't he take care of you? He will lift the poor and needy and set them with princes. You know, that's exactly what Christ does. He fulfills that, that prophecy of Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. To who? To the poor. What did Christ say when he read that very passage? In Luke chapter 4, he stood in the synagogue, he read that passage from Isaiah, and he said, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Take time to read through the gospels. Read through what the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, what he did while he was on this earth, who he ministered to. Those people had something to praise God for. How has God ministered to you? Have you gotten so big? Have you gotten such an ego? Do you think so much of yourself that you've forgotten that anything you have, anything you can do is ultimately because God has given it to you and allows you to do it? You ought to praise God. You drove down the street today? Praise God for that. He gave you that ability. You know, you climbed the stairs. You came down the stairs. God gave you that ability. He provides a way. You open the door, you close the door. You had food in your fridge. You got a store you can go to. All these little things that we just take for granted every day. All of those God's given us. If God will bring down the proud and God will exalt the humble, we ought to praise him. And again, this praise to God is based on his character. He's the transcendent king. He reigns far above the heavens, but this same transcendent king humbles himself to care about the poorest of the poor on earth. He delivers them. He exalts them. Listen, he makes the barren womb fruitful. He removes reproach from our lives. No wonder our praise is going to be eternal because we're never going to run out of things in which to praise God for. So friend, I challenge you. Take the next 30 days and find one thing a day to praise God for. And don't just keep it to yourself but share it with someone else. Father God, we come into your presence through the matchless ministry, the matchless name, the character, the person, Jesus Christ. And Father, Lord, we, we can come boldly to this throne of grace. And that's what we find there, grace. We find mercy for our, to strengthen us, for help in our present time of need. But Lord, we can't help but thank you for that blessed Savior who is now at your right hand making intercession for us. I thank you for the Holy Spirit who uh, takes our groanings, takes those things we can't put to words and brings them, brings our petitions to your presence and makes them known to you. Father, Lord, uh, we, we, we fail you. And we confess, Father, we don't praise you as we ought. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us. I pray that through your spirit that indwells us, he would move upon us, direct us, Lord. Give us no rest until we take the time to give praise back to you. And so, Lord, help us, challenge us to find one thing a day to praise you for. Lord, if we find more, that's great. We'll praise you for all those things. But, Lord, help these people to find at least one thing to praise you for and then to share it with someone else. Lord, we look forward to glorifying and praising you throughout all eternity. Amen.